Oh, 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 single ladies, single ladies, single ladies, single ladies, hey, be quiet, all the chicken heads, be quiet, be quiet, hey, 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 I never Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your host, June. I'm here with my co-producer, Small Town EP. Yo, you already know the vibes. We here, we outside. What up, June? Shout out to Small Town, by the way. Three up, three down. Always. Shout out to my boys over there. Cardi, Cons, SP, uh, Shane. Yes, all them sir. boys, yes, man. Zenus. Zenus. You already know uh, MLS. Yes, LS. Shouts to all of them. Shouts to all. Uh, yeah, LS, sorry. Shouts to all of them. Shouts to DQ, my dog Facts. DQ. I man. just got DQ's the phone with him earlier. Cuzzo, man. Um, that's the whole premise of Small Town, bro. Like, that's literally, like, why we called it that. There we go. And shout out my dogs, Omar, AJ. Uh, they deserve it because they, they Omar just threw a, a dope-ass uh, pool party, barbecue. Five. On a rainy day, and it was five. And I pulled up after the rain stopped around, like, six. Um, probably pulled up. Not late because – it was like kind of early when not early, yeah. but it was kind of like regular when I pulled up. But um, it definitely got jumping and and everybody pulled up. Um, so we had a good time. That was a Sunday too. If that was a Saturday, I swear people wasn't Ooh. going home till two. Ooh. Not that night. He had us do the top off. Uh, gonna gonna. Uh, TikTok. Oh yeah, facts facts. He orchestrated a TikTok in the pool, man. It's, it's, shout out to him. That's my guy. But um, also shout out to you. We, we was just having an interaction on Twitter where, you know, you kind of recognize that uh, it's been it's been about a year damn yeah. near that you've been joining the team and and really 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 being a big help on this side. So it's just much appreciated and it's crazy. Like I was mentioning, like that five year anniversary thing is coming up August like 29th or one nice. of them days around them 12th or something like that. Uh, for this whole thing, so nah, bro. The vision shared, man, and and I see you take pride, and you you still do. You did when I was watching, and now I'm a part. You still do take pride in everything that you do, and it's gotten to a point where now, I mean, obviously I'm on the team, but now ATS is just part of my like spiel. When people ask me what I do, I'm like, yeah, I own a production company, and you know, what I'm saying I, I help out do a podcast. You know, what I'm saying yes, once, twice a week, help. You know, what I'm saying, and I so. appreciate that you're proud of that. You know, what Hell I'm yeah. saying like. My 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 appreciation. It goes a long way. You know that. Obviously, I don't have to necessarily say that already. And it's ironic that look how things work. Justin hasn't shout out to Justin. I was talking about them last episode. Justin and Danny, mm-hmm. my old co-producer, uh, co-host. Um, shouts to J- shouts to everybody who's had. J- shouts to James. Shouts to everybody who has helped me. You know what I'm saying? From every point, whether it's Aunt Sal letting me use his crib for the Elvis Murray interview, like mm. you guys at Small Town, all that just has made this what it is today. Facts. And um, I don't want to. Obviously, when it comes to the five year, I probably even do a little two minute talk. I don't want to take too much time on this, but you know there is a gratitude for for everybody that's been a part of this, and um, it's one of those 
you'll never forget type of things. Mm-hmm. So um, what was ironic, though, about Justin, he hasn't posted the podcast or, like, let me know he's listening. I'm, I'm, I know he tunes in, you know what I'm saying? But he, he posted it this past week, and that was the one that I was really talking about him and how we used to talk about Donovan Facts. Mitchell and Jimmy Butler going to be a heat. Uh, a heedle. So I love the way the world works, and sometimes it's disgusting. Sometimes it's it's sad. Sometimes it's, you know, but – a lot of times and sometimes as well, there, there's really good in things. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, uh, you got to see it that way. So anybody listening right now, you're part of that. And I didn't mention the listeners. That's your turn right there. Boom. I appreciate you guys more than anything because you guys give me the confidence to even continue to talk. And we have growing to do. And you guys are going to help me out with that. And this community is going to build. But I know that there's a foundation of community uh, within you guys. So it's just all appreciated. I guess I'm filled with gratitude Hell because yeah. we're going to talk about football this week. Yeah. So we can get into the football side of things. And you know what? Before we do that, let's kind of let's kind of not get too ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I'm obviously, yeah. you see nah, this? You're good. this? It's is... not even August, bro. It's not <laughs> even August. Like baseball all-star game just passing. Who cares to even talk about it, right? We just want to talk about football. Facts. Um, in the NBA world, though, little, 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 couple, little couple things going on. Unfortunately, Miles Bridges was charged with a felony uh, with that case. Mm-hmm. So he's got some figuring out to do in there. And it sucks that your contract summer, this is your free agency. This is how your free agency works. And I'm not saying it sucks like to be him. I'm saying it sucks that Situate, you put yourself yeah. in the situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Prayers to everybody involved. Right. So it's one of those things. It's not a damn the basketball player. It's the damn, human. Bitch. Yeah. And and also in basketball news, Cade Cunningham dropped his first single, <laughs> <laughs> which was hard. Which he was, was flowing. Hard. He was flowing. He but was flowing. I just somebody help me understand NBA player. Million dollar man. Rapping street life. Yeah, man. Clearly not in the streets. And if you are, something's wrong because you're either lying or you're an idiot. So I'd rather you be liar. I just hope that they don't – I know I put this in the group chat earlier. I just hope that they don't correlate – make a correlation to, you know, the Bridges rapping and then, you know, K. Like, I just hope that – Why not? Because we've seen, like, we've seen particularly, honestly, the NBA itself, this league, um, shun – the hip hop community. It was a long time ago, but we saw that happen. Uh, but, and, but and we saw but, the dress code change, but, and we saw all but that. Since since I think that the NBA has shown a great appreciation for the hip hop game. So like, especially within the last five, six, seven for sure. years, for with sure. Drake getting deals with the NBA, with Quavo being at every All Star <laughs> game and winning MVP, Bad Bunny being there. Like, I think that the NBA has become, with Adam Silver's help, you know, because there was that period. Yes, and I'm not going to discredit that, but things have also changed to that point back where things are okay. Absolutely. And um, my thing when I asked you why, because as good of a basketball player you may or may not be, I know that one was a first-round first pick overall and one was not, but at the same time, Miles Bridges is a successful NBA player right now, and he's actually a most improved candidate. He's a guy who we didn't necessarily expect him to take that leap but also be as raw as he is as a rapper. <laughs> and, it's like, <laughs> and it's like, he's, bro, he's he's got it. Nah, he's nice. However, he's nice. if that's the life you're portraying to the media and to the public in a form of art, like, let's be real. Yeah, music absolutely. Is art, just because he's saying it doesn't mean that he's truly living it, or, but he is uh, a guy with he's expressing role himself, models yeah. 
and that's the stand he's taking on it. So you can't expect the NBA to be his biggest fan. You know what I'm saying? You can't expect old That's white fair. owners too That's fair. to be um, like you got. You're gonna come work for me. We're not signing a contract to work with you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's how they look at it. This is not my point of view. I know you guys know that this is how they look at it. So, it's it's interesting when you say, "I hope they don't treat it like a correlation." Like that, yeah, co- yeah, make a correlation. But at the same time, the only thing that fucked Miles Bridges up was him with his wife. That's fair. And if Kay Cunningham doesn't run into a situation like that, and this music is just music, they're not going to hate on it. That's and weird. if he's him, they, this, this is going to be the coolest thing ever. <laughs> facts. You can't go facts. around beating your girl, bro. And if it's alleged, it's alleged. He's got felony charges against him right now. I'm just saying, like, that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I I I I'd, I'd hope Cade Cunningham just keeps being him and um, balling out and putting out good music. If this is going to be the case, because mm-hmm. that would be dope. We would want to see a successful rapper, ball player. Like we know Dame, shout out to Dame, but <laughs> we're not trying to hear that because so. it sounds not that he's not nice. No, it just Dame sounds got weird. bars. Dame no, he got, got bars. bars. It just sounds yep. off. It just sounds off. It's consciousy. So on the on the lighter note, mm-hmm. um, LeBron to Drew League. What do you want to say about that? I, I mean, I not only was the performance impeccable. By the way, hate to cut you off. I'm not good. Real quick. You good? LeBron at the Julie. We're gonna talk about it tonight. Introduce the night. It's Thursday night. Mm. Obviously, you guys know that. It's 11:30 p.m. Mm-hmm. It's been a nice day. It has been. Um, I got the squeaky chair tonight. <laughs> all right. And I'm not gonna do anything about it. We also got Coronas, right? Yeah. So. We're going to be making beer runs to the fridge. <laughs> fridge ain't too far. So, let's get back to LeBron at the Drew League. Facts. It was a beautiful thing to see. He hasn't been there in, since, like, 2011 with the lockout season. Yeah. Yeah, it was It was, It was. was a beautiful thing. Like I said, not only was the performance impeccable, um, I love the story of the guy guarding him from years ago, talking shit, and then having to guard ah. him, having to guard him again, having a... A pretty tough night doing it, but you know, yeah, exactly. Who's not gonna have a tough night guarding LeBron um, in a gym? Like, not even we're not even in regulation NBA. Like, this is schoolyard basketball right now. Like, I'm him. I'm him professionally. You think I'm not him outside, bro? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and I just think it was it was beautiful. And not only that, not only like I said, not only the performance, but as well as just like you said, the fact that he hasn't been there in 11 years, like. And make no mistake about it, LeBron don't need to beat at the Drew League. He has no. That was our cheers, by the way. Salud. Yeah, salud. He has no incentive. Make some noise, Shout out to Noriega. You know what I'm saying? Woo! Ooh. Almost spilled the whole set. Oh Facts. man, my bad, bro. I'm horrible. I cut you off. Go ahead. <laughs> nah, you good. But um, now I mean, like I say, he just he doesn't get any incentive. But that's for the community. That's to give back. That's that's like. And you want to know something? He does get incentive. You know why? Because LeBron's a great person. And him feeling what you're talking about, him knowing, and that being probably the main reason why he's at Drew League, that's his fulfillment. And I know that. Like, I don't care if you know LeBron or not or blah, blah, blah. I know that LeBron has the fulfillment and gratification when he does things like that. So for him to go... Just to stand on what you're saying, it's it's a great thing to see. He went to L.A. Like, LeBron James, I thought about this the other day. I don't know if it was today or the other day, but LeBron James, like, made his way to L.A. Mm-hmm. 
he made his way to LA. I was yeah. actually on Instagram watching, like, <clears throat> scrolling through, and he posted uh, something with his tequila company. Fire. Lobo's Tequila, 1017. Shouts to them. But um, I see the view, and it was just a beautiful view of LA in the background. And I'm like, yo, LeBron was in Miami. You know, that's 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 damn near nowadays. Yeah. Nowadays, like, had, my, had he come to Miami nowadays, that would be like the going to LA as well. Yeah. But he came to Miami at a time where he and Drake and Lil Wayne – and DJ Khaled were really like crafting this Miami into mm-hmm. what it is modern day right now with Art Basel being as great as it is and things like that. Rolling Loud now down here. Like, it's amazing what we've seen. It's not the point. The point is he found his way to Los Angeles, one of the biggest cities in the United States, and especially with professional sports. You know, it's, it goes crazy. And, and they have such great fans over there. And the community is abundant with multicultural because mm-hmm. to Draymond Green's point when he was talking about LeBron um, and, and how he felt about this, he did say, you know, for black kids and he did also kind of step back and say, well, really everybody, but black kids, especially. And that's true. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's, that's a great point. And I'm not going to take away from that because I agree, but just to stand on how multicultural a city like Los Angeles is, even though it could be a little bigger thing for black kids, it touched everybody, and it got a chance to touch everybody. Facts. So it, it's 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 awesome uh, that he did, and then he puts on a great performance. I think they had like a forty six <laughs> forty point game. Yeah, Come it on, was man. ridiculous. And Demar Derozan was out there chirping it up with guys too. So it's getting a, chirpy. That was a dope thing to see. But that was the fun part of the summer. That's like, all right, that's it. Now LeBron, it's business time. He jumps on a phone call with Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. This is this is where the conversation starts to get real. And mm-hmm. um, LeBron James, I have no doubt, still believes fully that he can do it with those two guys as the main guy. Absolutely. I feel, like he, I feel like he thinks he or he knows he can do it with with anybody. Low key. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But those two guys like that's a great combo to have. And Russell Westbrook, going back to my point, if anybody saw my Instagram story the other day, like. The easy narrative is to say he sucks and and he he'll never win on the Lakers and trade him and all this, but that's not realistic in in real world. Like they can't just trade him and, and figure like no, LeBron wants to win and the best chance he has to win to me right now is if he doesn't get Kyrie Irving and keep Anthony Davis. I don't know what other great chance he has other than this one. So mm-hmm. you play with the fire and you 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 ride with it if that was a conversation what it was about if lebron was kept it real with him and was like look we're going to try to find a deal if not we'll run it back with you and that's with the respect of yo look anthony davis isn't isn't been healthy you haven't been healthy all season so like yeah let's this keep is it a bean right now do. yeah yeah but yeah. if we do and i don't know if this is the conversation but I, I imagine like if we do happen to just run it back you know and i think lebron james probably was really upfront with anthony davis in a conversation like this because how not if anybody's going to tell him or, or and not to say nobody's has told him mm-hmm. or mentioned it to him obviously he knows the situation but lebron james is like we're at a make or break point right now where what are you going to do and Facts. this is for your career too anthony davis like you have so much left to yep. give and it has to it has to come turn around because you did win your finals but are you are you satisfied i know that you're not but with the injuries you know it makes it that much tougher yep. to get back and I wouldn't be surprised not to cut you off, but I wouldn't no. be surprised if uh, if he had like that three way call and he had a separate conversation with AD, like, yo, I, you know, there's That's a there, there's a certain energy That's that I know that you're gonna respect, but I don't want to give that energy off in front of other people. You know what I mean? Type That's shit. a fact, bro. 
So, shit. with that being said, with Juan Soto declining, hey. declining. Listen, with Juan Soto declining the four forty from the Nationals, with Juan Soto over fifteen, not, not getting a private chartered plane from the team to the All Star game, flying commercial. With Juan Soto winning the home run derby. He got in at 1.30 that morning, by the way. Guess what? Shout to Juan Soto, bro. Fucking Soto. Come on, man. Absolutely. I'll take a drink to that one right there, bro. Shout out to that boy, Juan Soto. And shout out to Julio Rodriguez as well because he was doing his thing. But he he did too much in the first round. Did too much. He ain't have to do that. But guess what? He he made a name for himself. He did. And that's what Because we're talking about it. That's what you got to do. So he did just enough. You know, fuck winning right now. Mm -hmm. He'll go back. Mm-hmm. He'll go back. He's a smacker. Absolutely. And he, and he steals bases. He's going to be a 30-30 guy in this league. Julio Rodriguez, 30 stolen bases, 30 home runs. Watch. And Jazz Chisholm is another guy that can do that. So oh, watch facts. that. But as you mentioned, he did do too much. We're talking about the home run derby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're like talking about the, the home run derby. The sake of the game, he did. He hit he, like 32 he in the first himself. round. It's yeah, like, bam. But that's crazy. Man. But, dog. That's oh also like, God. well, okay, all all home run derbies aside, we knew Juan Soto was a clear favorite. And oh, for sure. Also a Pete Alonso, you know what I'm saying? Like, we knew those guys were going to battle for that. We didn't think Julio Rodriguez was going to come in and win. Absolutely we thought he not. had a chance in a sense, but nobody really took him. Now, he made a name for himself in the sense that, bro, he can hit that ball. And he's obviously got his earned his right to get there. And then he put on a show there. So beautiful, beautiful. Clap it up for him as beautiful. well out of the DR, out the DR. Again so, in L.A., by the way. Yes. Yes. So, a, lot of, a lot of L.A. teams going on right so, now. So, other than the home run derby in the baseball world, you want to um, – let's, let's do this. Let's talk, about, let's talk about some MLB divisions real quick. Ooh. Because we were talking the other day. Also, not to cut you off, no. shout out to that boy Albert Pujols. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to hey, that one boy. One more drink. Because I was actually <laughs> feeling that shit yeah. when he was hit, when he was like finishing off and come on, man. Uh, them home runs and stuff. That that was crazy to see his kids and everybody just. Hey, pause on that. On. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> so yeah, Yankees took the loss tonight, Houston. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's how you. That's how you do it right there. But so did the Marlins eight Zippos. Ooh. Oh man, Dodgers are up on the uh, on the Giants. The Giants. Five zip right now, and 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 mind you, the Marlins lost eight zippo to the Texas Rangers. Rangers. The Rangers. That boy John Gray, if I'm not mistaken, from Texas, he he be dealing fire. He's he can be inconsistent, but he deals fire. I don't want to last. The Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Who did they sign? Uh, Playoffs. Oh, they signed Seager. That's who they mm-hmm. signed. Mm-hmm. Yo, shout out to uh, shout out to my my ex boss Dave. Feel me? He uh he owns a body armor company, great company, and we got a we got a quote requested from the Texas Rangers last year for security for their security. Wow! And I was literally emailing the president of the Texas Rangers oh. back and forth like two three emails. It That's was fire. it was so fire, and it was like when I was like three months in there. So yeah, he had like, the little signature yeah, at the I bottom that so, said "Yes, President." Bro, yes, bro. <laughs> and then I went on the website and I validated it. I'm like, "Yo, That's fire!" That's with fire. the picture of the Globe Life State. I'm like, "Yo, I wanted to be like, yo, send me a jersey. I'm a Texas yeah. Rangers fan, bro. You know, we love you guys out there." Oh man! Yo, but I was like, "Let me keep it professional. Let me keep it professional." Yeah. If this would have happened a year after I got that job, I would have been like, "Yo, Dave, you mind if I just..." Finagle, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lose the deal. Maybe a baseball. I'm not going to lose the deal. 
I'm not asking for tickets. Just hat. Just a hat. <laughs> yo, side patch, side patch. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yo, we'll give you the fucking on-field oh, cap. Go man. home. That's funny. I'll be like, yeah, um, yeah. So looking at the divisional race, obviously we know things in the AL East are, are New York's favor. Yeah, but only because you said that they lost today. I want to I want to mention that the Yankees have the largest lead in AL history since divisional like divisions were created in the MLB. By the way, so <laughs> hear this. Now, the Yankees being twelve games up. Damn, we did lose fifteen and a half on Boston, which is which is is sad to say. We are only. July 21st into the season. Mm -hmm. The all-star break just passed, as I mentioned. The trade deadline is in 10 days. Juan Soto is not going to be a national. And he might come to the American League. But he probably will stay in the NL and go to the Dodgers. But whatever. The Yankees are due for a slump. It's been too hot. It's been too hot. And it's baseball. It's not... It's not... It's, it's the way it goes. Games. Yeah, it's no, the absolutely. way it goes. Absolutely. So, and it's better, excuse me, it's better to have it now than later. What's crazy is that what tells me right now you guys don't necessarily look like you're going to be going through a slump is when I look at the schedule, the stat, oh. run differential. And for perspective, the Dodgers are a team that they, they go through, you know, every team goes through a slump. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes there's a team that that year they're winning 110 games. You know what I'm saying? 108 games. Like, yeah. it's just going to happen. And it's just like, that doesn't, you don't slump too much when that happens. So what I'm seeing right now from the Dodgers, you know, I'm jumping to the West Coast because they're just 9-1 and one in the last 10. They're at a plus 169 run differential. And we know how good of a season they're having, right? Mm -hmm. The Yankees, with a win percentage of 681 at 64-30 and 30 this year, are at a plus 196. Ridiculous. They're at almost 200 runs over. And we're 3-7 and seven in the last 10 games. We're starting to see it. No, yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? You guys just took some tough ones to, uh, yeah. Houston. Cincinnati. So Houston and Cincinnati. So. Yeah, Cincinnati before the All-Star break. That's the AL East. Minnesota is in a close one with Cleveland. And Minnesota. The fact that Minnesota. <laughs> like you say, Minnesota. This is, a, this is a good division right here. And it's good because neither of these teams are elite or great. But they all have they ball. They play ball. really mm -hmm. fucking good players, and they have some great players. I know Byron Buxton over there in Minnesota, all-star. Cleveland has Jose Ramirez and others, Shane Bieber and shit. Mm -hmm. Chicago White Sox with Timmy Anderson. Abreu. Come on. Yeah. Roberts, mm -hmm. Hendricks. We know this. They're in Cease, a Dylan Cease. Don't forget Dylan Cease. Fair. fair. <laughs> They're in a three-game space of each other mm -hmm. for first place in that division and that sucks because those are all three playoff teams that can go and play a really good first round and give Absolutely. some trouble however it doesn't work like that so you got to win them you got to win them and if to me if the white Sox, amid them firing Tony La Russa, yeah. and you know having to deal with that and also having to deal with that last year they have to find a way to get over this hump 
of like, all right, we're not just young guys that are like all competing and playing really good right now and it's exciting. We need to really start winning and um, putting together playoff baseball. So White Sox got a call for that. And um, I, I'm still glad that Terry Francona – is Terry Francona still in fucking Cleveland? I'm, I'd be damned if he's still over there. That'd be crazy. I actually believe that he is. I do too. I'm going to see right now. Yeah, he is. Yeah, bro. Doing a damn job over there. Shout out to Terry Francona. I miss him in Boston, bro. He was he was one of the hearts of Boston. So, moving on to the AL West, I'm only gonna I'm only gonna go for a few more divisions because we're gonna talk about football. We're already 25 minutes in. We have a great episode so far. So don't even trip. Yeah. Houston's up 10 games in that division. We don't really care about that. Nope. The Mets are up two and a half game. And guess what? As much as this division is always close every fucking year, we don't care about the NL East just because we know, one, if the Braves ain't win it, ain't nobody finna really win it. That's a fact. We ain't seen it. It ain't happening. And it goddamn sure ain't gonna be the Mets. Uh, yeah. Call it what you will. However, they're in a tight race to uh, Atlanta and... Uh, Mets are two and a half games. Milwaukee and St. Louis are at a half game apart mm. from each other here in the NL Central. That's one to look at. St. Louis with uh, Albert Pujols going out. You want to go out with a bang. I would wanna, love to see you, him. You were talking about it to me yeah. on the home, on the uh, home run derby night. You want to see Albert Pujols, you know. In the playoffs. Fuck the wild card. Get a playoff home yeah. run this Fuck year. the wild card. I want to see him in a playoff. Right. And then the Dodgers. This was the one that we were talking about the other day. Um San Diego's 10 games back, but to me, they're only 10 games back. And the Dodgers being as good of a team they are with 60 wins this year, one of the best teams in MLB, it, it's crazy to me that it's only a 10-game lead because guess what? Manny Machado, he's coming back. Yep. Fernando Tatis will be back. Yep. And will they be back in time? I think Machado will. I'm not sure about Tam, the Tatis timeline, but they'll both be back, and they're going to try to get – over that hump and winning their division with the lack of, you know, or the little time they will have for the rest of the season. So. Facts. I'm sure they're telling their teammates, yo, keep it within 10, eight games, and just I'll be there. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'll be there. So we go into the gridiron. E. It's football season. Almost, almost. Yeah, I'm going to add to edit some music <laughs> in here. Do the ES. Which one would we do? We'll do the uh, CBS. CBS or Sunday night. That's it. One of those. Yeah, CBS is fire too. Anyway. Yeah. All right, bet, bet, bet. Thank y'all. So, <laughs> guess what? AFC South divisional preview. Boom. This is what we're going to do. You For those who are new to this, and then for those who are true to this as ah, listeners, yeah. you guys are both equally appreciated. Put it like that. And for those who are true to this, obviously there's that understanding, but there's the same appreciation for those who's new to this. Because guess what? We're going to put you on, and you're going to be a true to this as a as a ex-used to, uh, ex, ex-new to this. You know what I'm saying? Yee. Slipping on my words, E. But look, you want to start. You want to start. You want to start with uh, with your peoples. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna go over the divisions for the next eight weeks. Facts. All four teams in the division and go over uh, some criteria for each team, like last season's overview, 
some key losses and additions in the offseason, key matchups and games, and breakout players, such of things of that nature. Whatever comes up in between that, you know, you guys will be blessed to, uh, to, to listen. Absolutely. But, yeah, I do want to start off with my Colts. And, you know, I'm a big Colts fan. Bigs are understood. Again, <laughs> if you ain't new to this, you true to this. If you ain't true to this, you new to this. Mm. I'm a big Colts fan. Shouts to those who know. Guess what? We only went 9-8 and eight last year. Guess what? We missed the playoffs because we lost versus Las Vegas at home and then versus Jacksonville on the road where we haven't won since 2014. And every time I read that stat, I feel like the guy that's the announcer when the kicker's on, oh, he hasn't missed in seven tries. Wide right. Throw. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I, every time we go to Jacksonville, I, I, I remember the stat, I read the stat, they talk about it, and I'm like, that's true, and I don't. I haven't. I don't know. <laughs> so getting Philip Rivers, I thought would be enough. Wasn't getting Carson Wentz, I thought would be enough. Wasn't and having JT as well. Having Andrew Luck, oh. and it not being enough is insane. The Andrew Luck situation should hurt for football fans as as like a as whole a, as a family. Yeah, <laughs> for real. I would hope so because I'm hurting <laughs> still. That's that's one of the biggest losses right there. That's one of my biggest uh, one of my biggest sports losses. So if not the biggest, um, I remember Dwayne Wade getting traded to, uh, sorry, signing in free agency with the Chicago Bulls. That one, home. that yeah. one definitely. But guess what? It stung. But I remember the exact day and moment when we got the trade back. I was like right here, and I sprinted over there by myself, bro. And I was like, "We we got Wade traded to the Heat. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> like, for, I'm huh? like, I read it like five times. Andrew Luck when I read 10, 15 times, but the, <laughs> this one I read like five times. So throughout all of this, we haven't been able to win in Jacksonville. It's disappointing. It's embarrassing. A great team like ours with a great defense and firepower offense at times when healthy. It's sad to see you go out like that. It happens. There's always the bounce back. This is it. Another year, another quarterback. Mm. This has been the story. This has been the story. And Carson Wentz, I had faith. I went to see him in training camp, literally. I was on board. I wanted to doubt the naysayers, and or not doubt them, but hush the naysayers. With uh, cheering for him, but at the end of the day, they are who we thought they were. <laughs> I need the Dennis Green. Rest in peace, of Dennis Green. I'm gonna drink to that. Facts, facts. Yeah, nah, real talk. Rest in peace, Dennis Green. But listen, it's a new year. We've got, like I said, a new quarterback. But there's not that many question marks around this one. Carson Wentz, Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers. Being old was a question mark mm -hmm. because it was like, is he going to even continue playing football? Okay, he signed on a one-year deal with the Colts. This isn't a one-year deal. We traded for him, and he's on in like another two, three years. Like, So it's a different situation with knowing the outlook. You know you have at least multiple years with this guy. Phillip Rivers, you didn't know if he was going to retire. Carson Wentz, you didn't know what you were going to get, but you also just weren't sure if the future was going to be in Indianapolis for him. With Matt Ryan, you know that he's been an MVP in this league. You know that he has had uh, good targets and has played with a good team and went to a Super Bowl and has been the captain, the leader, and a face of a franchise for a decade and did a good job of it. So 
with credit, there's also the questionable. Matt Ryan's older. Is he as athletic to be able to, you know, maintain getting hit, staying in the pocket? Is he, uh, is he going to, is he still, you know, as cerebral as he is? Savvy, yeah. You know, and I think the answer is yes. What I love to see about this season, going from last season, is that the defense emerged. We'll talk about that. Jonathan Taylor was the best back to close out the year. Earned a 95 overall in Madden. 90 fucking... 95, sorry, 95 speed rating in Madden. I think he got a 90... No, I think he's a 95 overall, and then he has like a 94 speed rating, I think. He put them jets on um, you, man. He's yeah, it's gone. Now... Michael Porter, Michael Pittman, Pittman. Jr. <laughs> Michael Pittman Jr. showed a lot of promise. And a guy like Carson Wentz, I was saying, Alshon Jeffrey, Carson Wentz, they had the MVP season, or he had an MVP type season when he had that big guy on his team. And a guy like, uh, a guy like Alshon Jeffrey. Julio Jones and Matt Ryan made their careers and their livings together. And Julio Jones obviously came in the league, knew he was going to ball wherever he went. And same case for Matt Ryan, but putting them together was a, a beautiful thing to watch for a long time. Yep. Michael Pittman Jr. has that physique. He has that athleticism. He has that toughness. Mm -hmm. And Matt Ryan likes those type of guys who are big targets, who can go get the ball, who can track it down, high point it. And you can make the great throw, but you can also trust the receiver. So, and those receivers aren't afraid to take the hit either. Exactly. Then we go and draft Alec Pierce, right? And, I mean, it's a beautiful thing to see that we have two big guys now. Paris Campbell, who, you know, God be with him. And I'm not even joking. Like, God be with this guy. He, he gets hurt first game of the season, third game of the season. Like, it, 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 and it, he's had, like, two or three season-ending injuries already in his young career. He hasn't played a full season. And he's a wide receiver out of Ohio State who is highly looked at for his speed and explosiveness, ways to create on offense, and which, by the way, you guys just drafted a guy like what he was, Sky Moore. Sky Moore. That's basically like what a uh, Paris Campbell was at Ohio State. And he hasn't been able to stay healthy. I really hope that he can stay healthy. He has a great quarterback and somebody that is going to use him. We have Naeem Hines running out the backfield and also catching out the backfield. So there's just so much that I'm excited for. What I'm nervous about with this Colts team on offense is the tight end position. Losing Jack Doyle obviously hurts. You know, Jackie was a, an amazing, amazing Colt after Dallas Clark was. Um, you know, and obviously the Kobe Fleeners and the uh, yeah, you know absolutely. those guys. But Dwayne Allens, we got to shout him out. I love him. But, but. Mo Ali Cox, he's got a deal with us. We just signed, you know, re-signed him over the offseason. He's he's gonna prove himself. The fact that he can be a starter, I think he can. He's he's solid. And we also drafted Kylan Granson last year out of SMU. So there's a lot of hope there. And then on the defensive side of the ball, the Colts go and trade Rakiasin for a Yannick and Gakwe, all uh, sorry, Pro Bowl defensive end from Las Vegas, right? We go and get Stephon Gilmore in free agency, get our cornerback one to add to Kenny Moore, to add to Julian Blackman coming back off the Achilles injury. You got two islands on both sides. You know what I'm saying? So Matt Eberflus, our defensive coordinator, 
is the head coach of the Chicago Bears now, so I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Justin Fields as well because although he has a defensive-minded coach like the Bears always will, the thing about Eberflus is that he was in a system that had a high-powered offense with great play calling and creativity, so I know that he can hire based on what he knew and make sure that with the talent like Justin Fields, he's not going to Matt Nagy, he's not going to Adam Gase, He's not going to Rex Ryan it, you know what I mean, and and take away from his skill and from what he can truly do on the field when they finally surround him with talent because they haven't surrounded him with talent. And Tyreek Cohen just fucking tore his Achilles. But what I'm saying is Eberflus will be able to know what he wants to do with that team, and, and I think this is a good role for him. So shout out to him. We lost him, but guess what? New defensive coordinator, same goddamn defense. DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, uh, like I said, Yannick Ngakwe, Quiddy Pay, second year Quiddy Pay, who's going to be able to just fly mm-hmm. and get one on ones because DeForest Buckner takes a double team. Yannick Ngakwe is going to need some. Quiddy Pay, Dio Odangbo, remember that name, Dio Odangbo. Okay. Number 54, he's a rusher, tall, 6'5 guy, fast, Gregory Russo type. type. Okay. So. It's just very much exciting. Grover Stewart, obviously, in the middle of there. So, Colts, man, what I'll say, uh, as far as key games on our schedule, my first key game that I think of is Kansas City home opener. Hey. And it just gives us that early season pop in the mouth. Like, this is serious football right now. And, And I don't like just... I don't like when you get that schedule that's just like cakewalks. Not cakewalks. Never, it's never a cakewalk, but you know what I mean, where you're just projected to win. Um, whether it's, oh, we play the Jets, then we play the, the Steelers, then we play the Jaguars, then we play the Texans. Like, we're supposed to go 4-0. and And you typically don't go 4-0 because you're going to lose a game here or there. Mm-hmm. Now, you think you can go 4-0 and there, but at that same token, I'd rather have that really good team early and and mix them in late and early just to keep us with our head on a swivel, keep our shit sharp, make sure like, all right, we just played elite talent this week. Next week, we're not, but this is what we're going to take from last week and implement going forward, right? And then when it happens again, when you play another elite opponent, you're ready for that moment. Not saying you don't prepare to be ready, but it's not practice. It's not the Bears. Mm-hmm. It's the Chiefs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's different. So you might lace up your, your shoe a little tighter when you got to play against Patrick Mahomes is all I'm saying. So I also think that the fact uh, – I think that that beginning of the season – those first four games where three out of your first four games are divisional games are going to be key. And I love that you guys get the Jacks, the away at Jacksonville out early in the, in week two. And that was another key game for me here. (laughs) We have to win at Jacksonville. And if not, I think Matt Ryan's not the answer. (laughs) If Matt Ryan can't go week two after beating Houston on the road, to Jacksonville, Florida. I might mm. go to that game. I might do that. That's if fair. I'm, I might do that. First time we win since 2014, I'm putting my money on it. I might do that. I okay. really might. So, All right. talk to me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think that that's big. I think those first uh, pause. I think that those first uh, three out of those first four games, because um, outside of the Chiefs, you have Houston, Jacksonville, and the Titans. You know what I mean? And 
you know, I guess you could argue that, you know, Houston and Jacksonville, whatever. Nah, these are professional football players, and this is a yeah. divisional game. These, they know, th- these teams, the those Colts other three teams know that they need to beat you. Since like 2014. It's not for fake. It's not for fluke. It's not for any other reason but the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars understand that the Colts haven't won since 2014, and they don't want them to win again. So, so make no mistake that the Jazz will probably have some swagger on in that right. game. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so yeah, I think I think that 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 first third of the season is is going to be very key. To be honest, the way you the way you guys start because I mean I, I don't want to say it, you got to remember because I know you remember right. you started zero three last year before yep. you won in Miami. Yep. So that that can't happen this year. Can absolutely cannot. And it happen. won't. And you know. We ran into issues with Carson Wentz at the quarterback position because it, it was unfair. I mean, the hurt, the injuries, it just happened again. He rolls both ankles in week two. Aaron Donald sack. Like, insane. On a game where he's leading the team on a game-winning potential run, uh, uh, go-ahead score. And in week one, we got, we got you know, Wally whopped up by the, mm-hmm. by, the, by the Seahawks, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that was a big game. I think I'll go... With uh, both Titans games, I think we sweep the Titans. I think we need to, and I think we statement sweep. I think we statement sweep the Titans this year. I don't say that jokingly. I don't say it like, as I fuck the Titans. No, I truly think this team feels the Titans and the Jaguars are just on the road. Jaguars and then Titans. We got swept last year. Like, let's, let's, let's. Come on. Who's the best team in this fucking division? That's the question. That's the question. So, and this is what we'll see going through these games. So, I don't want to spend too much time on the Colts mm-hmm. only. Um, I do want to switch it up. Let's talk about those Jaguars, though. Really. <laughs> those Jaguars. Because last season wasn't pretty. Nope. You know, they they earned themselves. What pick did they have this year? Uh, they had... Third, second, third. No, the trade didn't. Ooh, I got you right here. Don't trip. Don't trip. Guess what? Yeah, number one. Okay. I thought so. Yeah. And that's why I said they earned, but I didn't want to just go crazy saying it. So they did earn the number one pick of the draft, and they were able to go ahead and draft Trevon Walker from Georgia. And it was a beautiful thing because they do have a Josh Allen on that team who's already a great rusher. They do have or trying to be. They let go of Miles Jack. So they're going to need uh, – obviously, they still need middle help with Jack's gone. But um, – and shout-out to Shaq Quarterman from the U uh, stepping in for that middle linebacker role. It's going to be very, very key for him this year. He can make a lot of money if he finds success in Jacksonville coming in as a starting middle linebacker. But, yeah. You draft a guy like Trevon Walker to uh, kind of solidify that defensive line, and you know he was the number one pick of the draft, and you know what he brought to Georgia. Uh, so that's exciting in itself. They had the kind of one of the more uh, expensive and active free agencies. Yeah, I would say that. Where they signed seven un- uh, unrestricted free agents. I say a lot today. It's all good. Christian Kirk was the – Biggest signing and the more questionable one at four years, 72 million, 37 guaranteed. He hasn't proven himself at all as a number one receiver because that sounded kind of rude. So I wanted to put some icing on there because 
he has solidified himself as a very good receiver in this league, a deep threat, a guy who makes tough catches, who um, gets gets behind the defense. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played with the best team. The Cardinals have been pretty good the last two years, but he's been there longer than that. Their offensive line hasn't been great. Kyler Murray has had his fair share of ups and downs, who deserves that contract because I think he'll live up to it. I wouldn't say he deserves it based on what he's done, but it's not about what you've done. It's about what you're going to do for me and and smell this coffee. But yeah. And it's, it's also what you've done. Like, let's not get it twisted. It is about what you've done. But he's done enough to say, like, there's so much promise with this guy. You know you could see it. Offensive rookie of the year, things like that, mm-hmm. and, and playoff, you know, berths uh, or playoff berths. So going back to the Jaguars, they're coming into this season with a guy like Christian Kirk at the number one. And, and DJ Chark, where did DJ Chark – that was the interesting one because I know that he got hurt. And the Lions signed DJ Chark. Okay. So they lost DJ Chark. And Trevor Lawrence, all I'm going to say is that Trevor Lawrence needs some help. And we're going to have to find it for him. I love that Travis Etienne is coming back this year off injury. And the biggest thing I I, I should have started here, the biggest thing, because we were talking about acquisitions and losses, Doug Peterson, new head coach. Urban Meyer is gone. Duval County, rejoice. Duval County, uh, be in in calmness, be in peace. He's gone. Uh, There will be none of this booster college football-esque drama. Mm -hmm. You have a Super Bowl winning head coach. Talk about it. That says a lot about where your franchise direction wants to go and has the potential to go when you look at the best quarterback prospect in the draft since in Andrew Luck. Absolutely. Trevor Lawrence, I think he's going to nail it this year just as far as him having opportunity, of course. And I think he played pretty decent last year. He had some struggles, but there was a lot of good in there as well. I think that... The game will slow down a little bit for him. Doug Peterson is a quarterback's coach. He's a quarterback before anything, so he's going to be his best friend. Urban Meyer's agenda is the Urban Meyer agenda. Agenda, It's never been the Jacksonville Jaguars agenda. It's never was the Ohio State agenda. And it might not have been the Florida Gators agenda. I might give him that, but it might not have been. Who knows? However. There was nothing to do in in Gainesville, bro. However. (laughs) <laughs> however, however, he's gone. You got a guy who's, bro, if you're Doug Peterson, you're fucking dreaming every night mm-hmm. about having an, a, a whatever what? year deal with a guy like Trevor Lawrence. Come on, man. No matter what standing the team is in. And if we get one more first-round pick <laughs> a year, we'll take it. Because <laughs> yeah, he could help. I think that uh, to kind of wrap up the Jaguars, I think that a big thing for them um, unless we have anything else. But I think that a big thing for them is going to be um, what happens with uh, Chenault Jr., LaVisca, because he he had that his... That was... That, yeah. um, thank you for bringing him up. His stats... A lot of his stats went up in 2021 from 2020, but a couple of them went down. <laughs> and I think the ones that went down were key. 
which were average yards per catch. Mm-hmm. And he went from five touchdowns in 2020 to no touchdowns last year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And now they're kind of, I think Peterson comes in and they're trying him out at, uh, at returner is what I was reading. Mm-hmm. They're trying, they're like, hey, you want to try out some returning? And, and they're saying that he shows promise. So it's going to be interesting to see um, what, what comes of that, of uh, a little discussion. Not. Yeah. I mean, wrap up on the Jaguars. I'll say that, like I said, a guy like Trevor Lawrence, you're in the right. You're you're pointing in the right direction. Mm-hmm. We saw what he did against Indianapolis in that last game to make them not make the playoffs, and that was just like the tip of the iceberg. Not even the tip of the iceberg. That's just like you see the iceberg way mm, out there, out and there. you don't even know what it is yet. But Lavishka Chenault, 2020 was the COVID year, mm-hmm. and then it went into like back to regular. I think that's a weird transition. Of course. So, wide receiver. and whether it's like odd to have no fans and then a bunch of fans or a bunch of fans and no fans, like that's an odd, odd, odd mirror. It's a different dynamic. Yeah. So I think that has some to do with it. And also having a rookie quarterback who necessarily doesn't trust you yet, having a whole off season to work with him and go through him on a second year, not a rookie is a big thing. I think that Lavishka Chenault, will start making a mark in Jacksonville. And then DJ Chark, like I said, him going and Christian Kirk coming and having LaVishka. Those are two guys that, you know, you know he's going to have to lean on. So I'm excited to see that. And also James Robinson, their running back. Facts. We didn't mention him, but he's great. So Facts. we'll jump to Houston. Hey. Where the massages ain't as, as, uh, <laughs> in, as in high of demand anymore. Yo. A lot of jobs being lost. Yo, yeah. yo, you wanna you wanna hit the beer run? Ooh, yeah, I got you. Before I get into these Texans real quick, well, not before, but while, but I think that last year it was a a big big product of post Bill O'Brien syndrome, and I know we spoke about this E and. And it has a really, really, really big implication on their future. Um, Very irresponsible, very irresponsible management. Uh, I would say, you know, not just Bill O'Brien, because obviously he's the coach that got hired, right? And if you put him in a position of power and he abuses it and you guys let him, hey, man, what could I say? However, front office got to tighten up there not let a head coach have so much power and then them neglect kind of checking him on it. Um, trading a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. We're like The Deshaun Watson situation obviously played out the way it did, and he had no, you know, he wasn't going to help that. But what's interesting in all this is that they're one of the bottom feeders of the league, and they just lost their franchise quarterback, Salute. Ah, fuck it. I'll do it again. Ah, right. It's all good. That boy double fist in the Coronas. <laughs> I see you, my boy. Catch up. Nah, nah. Mm. You go from losing a guy like Deshaun Watson yeah, and the facts. magnitude of a player he is. When I talk about Deshaun Watson, I'm going to always say this, but when I talk about him, I talk about the player. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been disciplined from the league yet, so, I mean, I still have to talk about him. But... You lose a guy like him, and then to think Davis Mills is the guy that's replacing him. Now, this is no... Rookie Davis Mills. Rookie Davis Mills. This is At no, the time. This is no... Uh, 
what am I looking for here? This is no Superman, mm-hmm. Captain Save a Team. This is not. But you know what this is? This is how the cookie crumbled. Yes. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Yeah. This is how the cookie crumbled. And what we saw from that cookie being crumbled and the pieces falling mm. and moving around as they hit the plate was that this Davis Mills guy might actually be that chocolate chip <laughs> chunk that fell out of the cookie. And you're like, wait, oh, I need that. I need that. Facts. You you're not going to just let that one go. You know what I'm saying? Drafting a guy like Derek Stingley out of LSU, one of the better corners, if not the best corner in this year's draft, who was battling injury, however, still showed a very productive year, more so the year before this past year than last year, literally, but again, dealing with injury. And he has the promise, he has the skill set, he has the makeup and the body to be a great corner in this league. Um, you also draft John Mechie the third from Alabama, and that's just another playmaking yep. play weapon uh, yep. at your disposal. Marlon Mack from the Colts. I love to see a Colt get picked up or if we trade him, you know, do well. And Marlon Mack, albeit coming back off, you know, Achilles, and then another injury. I forgot what it was. I think it was two. So, you know, kind of looking like as a running back in this league, we know what that we know what that mm-hmm. is. However, there's a lot of opportunity and time in Houston. So if anywhere you go to kind of make more of a name or, you know, get the time to rehab actual real time in actual real time, that's the place for him. And Marlon Mack, before the injuries, um, I could say, you know, one of the more shifty cutback backs in this league. Not the fastest, but boy, he will cut some shit back on your ass. And boy, I will watch some Marlon Mack highlights. Like I remember when we drafted him twenty seventeen out of USF, and I didn't know who he was. And so I'm looking, fourth round, let me see Marlon Mack. I'm looking number five at UCF. And that boy is cutting up, dog. Cutting up. I'm like, yo, came to the league and best believe with the offensive line we had and built. He played pretty pretty solid. Due to injuries, wouldn't work out. And then by the grace of God, in the second round, Jonathan Taylor was still available at pick 43 or 43. Hey, that boy's still there. Actually, at pick 33, I think. I think we took Pittman and Taylor back to back, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But, bro, it was beautiful. And now we have him, and he's going to be the franchise guy. Uh, but back to Houston. Houston. This Davis Mills guy. We saw the highlights. You know, we didn't watch and, and pay too much attention to the bad. There's bad. There's some bad decision-making, mm-hmm. right? He, The game is a little fast for him a lot of the time. But I think the bad attests more to the Texans' lack of protection, lack of defense, and having to be, uh, you know, just, just in comeback season all the time. It's hard for a quarterback that's young, rookie. We're talking about a rookie, rookie here yeah. last year, like you said, that was in a big spot of in his career. Like, yo, this was Deshaun Watson's team. He's in some bullshit. You got the starting job, bro. We're not, bro. We're not even checking. They're like, that's like, yo, you want to work? Bet, just pull Facts. up. We'll we'll do your paperwork later. And like for that, a second, they were like, you know what? We'll do Tyrod, and then that didn't really work out. So like, nah. Actually, we were just kidding. Bring your ass in the game, bro. And then going <laughs> going back to this year. Now it's like, bro, we're we're you. Yeah. 
And like, if you fuck it up, it's on you at this point. I hate yeah. to tell you, but I got to, and I will. But if you don't, you can make some real money out you. And a name for yourself. Sales bro. is booming out there on the call floor. <laughs> if customers want the vacation, mm-hmm. I don't know if you can do that. But I think that you have a really good voice, and I think that they want to hear what you're offering. If we're going to relay that to Davis Mills and the Texans. So he's very excited to see it. Like I mentioned to you last night, having a Chris Conley and having a Brandon Cooks, it's 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 very, very fortunate for a guy like Davis Mills who's coming in the second year, having two veterans who Brandon Cooks been to a Super Bowl. You know, mm-hmm. Chris Conley played with uh, the Chiefs and, and had a lot of success playoffs he's been in the playoffs you know what i mean so and he's played with the jaguars he's played on horrible teams so he knows about this veteran receiver life for that locker room and then that in turn helps a guy like john mechie mm-hmm. so when we look at another draft pick christian harris out of alabama i mean like he's that. a dog and this is just the type of guy you want in your locker room to instill the future of the team because the texans don't necessarily have an identity Deshaun Watson was with with uh, with Lamar Miller and DeAndre Hopkins, like they had that, but man, it died down really quick, and it's all gone now. So I want to see uh, I want to see Houston get Nico Collins the ball more this year. Mm. That's what I want to see. He's a baller. He's a baller. That's what I want to see. He's I, a baller. He had like sixty targets last year, caught about half of them, a little over half. He was averaging thirteen and a half yards of reception. Big you know playmaker. What I'm saying? Like. And I don't think he scored once last year, which is what like I, I you gotta get you gotta get him the ball. Yeah. I think I think that's gonna be I, I you know I you you allude to all the veterans and the playmakers and the yeah. people that have the experience, Super Bowl experience, playoff experience. I think they gotta get Nico Collins that ball. Yeah, and it's a and and it as much as it is about what I said, it is about the young guys with the Nico Collins, with the Davis Mills, with the John Mechie and a Christian Harris setting a new culture for this new regime, having a new offensive coordinator in this role, and then also, uh, I every time I want to bring up the point, it leaves my mind, and when you start talking, I remember it. I remember it. I remember it. I don't know if my mind wants to help me right now, but <laughs> what I was going to say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. I guess not, bro. I guess it ain't It ain't meant to it be. Ain't, yeah. It ain't meant to be. That's crazy, bro. I, I literally. It happens, dog. Oh, thank you. Let's go. Breakout player. Okay. Brevin Jordan. Mm. Tight end Brevin Jordan from the U. Right? From? Shout out to him. Absolutely. Now. Last year, we got to see some flash, and we got to see. He is an athletic tight end who's going to need to work on uh, more pass protection and run blocking, but as far as athletic speed, catching, uh, smartness in the running routes, Brevin Jordan's your do-it-all. He's been a star his whole life. He's been a winner his whole life. So this coming to a uh, dumpster fire franchise is a little new to him, I'm sure. It's a bit of a culture shock, but... If anybody can do it, I'm sure a guy like Brevin Jordan is going to be able to fill that role and be a really, really, really good friend to Davis Mills. So, uh, as far as the Texans and their key matchups and games, I just think that they stick with the divisional games and and try to you focus on knowing how to beat your 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 closest opponents because you're you're not a playoff team, you're not competing for one, and you know you're not gonna you're not gonna you know waste anybody's time so 
We'll move on though. I do want to talk about the Tennessee Titans here. And this is going to be the last team in the AFC South. Appreciate you guys for sticking with us. AFC South division preview. But with this Tennessee Titans team, man, this one gets interesting. I mean, last year they had up and downs. They ended the season on a really, really, really uh, strong level going into the playoffs. Then they have a first-round bye in the playoffs. They get to the divisional round of the playoffs at home, and they lose to Joe Shiesty, Yee. Joe Mixon, Yee. Jamar Chase, Ow. and the gang, and Zach Taylor. Shouts no. to Zach Taylor. I remember talking about Zach Taylor, and I remember talking about how I like this offense and how this offense can do big things way before I truly knew what the offense was going to be capable of. And C.J. Zoma, all the guys that were part of it, they really, really, really showed out. Zach Taylor was uh, was a critical part in believing his young guys, trusting that they can make the right plays, um, and, and just giving them the keys, essentially, because this team wasn't necessarily supposed to be a Super Bowl contending team, I don't think, going into the year. But... Nah, we were calling them frauds since with day the one. belief <laughs> inside, and when that belief and that and that trust and that chemistry is built truly in that locker room, see, it's not always about the star star players. They do have Joe Shiesty, they do have T Higgins and and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. Don't get it twisted, Jesse Bates. Like they have guys. Every team has guys. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Every team got guys, bro. But. Some teams got a lot of guys. Some teams got the guys that know how to do it. You know, it's just about the chemistry in the locker room and those guys being able to put it together. It's 17 games now. You got to be able to sustain. You got to be able to find the mojo. And you got to be able to ride the wave in the NFL. So. Yeah, and I think um, I think the combination of Ryan Tannehill and uh, their new tight end out of Maryland. The guy's name, Chigo Ziem. I don't want to butcher your name, so I apologize if I just did that. Um, But I think that that combination, I think that he plays through contact. Um, He's athletic. He can go get the ball. You know what I'm saying? I I was reading that he was balling in minicamp recently. So that addition, um, and I was also reading that Tannehill loves him. Like Tannehill was enjoying, you know, working with him, working out with him, getting to know him, things like that. So I think that 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 tight end position – Free up some of the uh, some of the uh, reps that uh, that Henry is getting ninety percent of the time. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you need other weapons, bro. You, you you do. Yeah, and obviously when we saw Henry get hurt, I didn't even mention that. You know, obviously he missed the playoffs, and that was a part of why they lost. But at the same time, they earned that playoff by with. Henry already had been out. You yeah, know what I did, mean? Did. And A.J. Brown was a critical part. They won a big game in uh, San Francisco, or it might have been in Tennessee, but versus San Francisco on a on a uh, night. It was a primetime game. I don't yeah, remember watch that exactly. Game. So, that. you know what I mean? Like, there was a lot of factors this season, but it's about going forward, like I said with the Colts. Um, it's about what did we do this offseason to make ourselves better, right? And re-signing Harold Landry was a big thing. Being able to to solidify, you know, knowing that he's a linebacker that 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 
is the guy in that locker room who's a captain, who's who people listen to. You lose a guy like that, you, you lose a lot. So you make sure you bring him back. You got a guy like Jeffrey Simmons at D-tackle, nasty, aggressive, um, you know, play style after losing a Jarrell Casey next to him. He mm-hmm. filled the shoes great. A Kevin Byard back there. Um, and you also drafted Caleb Farley last year out of Virginia who missed a lot of this year with a neck injury. Um, we knew that coming into his rookie year he had that injury, but uh, he was able to, you know, come back. And, and it's all going to come together for the Titans in the sense that they have talent on the roster. You mentioned mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill. They did lose A.J. Brown, but they went Hollywood. and drafted uh, my boy out of Arkansas. I forget his name off the top of my head, off the top of my head. But anyways, they go and get him. He's another playmaker. Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks. Burks. There you go. Traylon Burks. So they draft him, explosive player. Um, and Derrick Henry. The question for me is since you didn't fire Mike Vrabel, who I believe <laughs> should have gotten fired, yeah. he can't win you guys a Super Bowl. Um, is he going to be able to figure out this offense? And how to really, really make it go and and win key games late in the season without overusing Derrick Henry for the whole season? You know? I mean, I, I know I spoke about I spoke to you about it earlier. Um, a lot of our gripe with calling them frauds all season last year was the fact that yeah, y'all can score, but you're getting scored on every game. Like people are putting up three, three and a half, four touchdowns a game on you. And that's not sustainable. Nope. You know what I mean? Um, especially now that you, like you just alluded to, you lost Hollywood. You know, AJ I mean? Brown, AJ Brown. Yeah, my fault. You lost AJ Brown. Um, so it's it's a matter of can we figure out this defense because we're scoring. The, the, that's not the issue here. We can score on people, yep. but people are scoring on us, and that's what has to stop. And obviously, Malik Willis, being a draft pick, quarterback out of Liberty. The Ryan Tannehill comments as far as that's not my job to mentor him or whatever he said. Um, it's an interesting situation. I know that it's not one for now. It's one for the future. But this year is going to be very telling. Like, does Ryan Tannehill ever take that next step as a quarterback? I don't think he does. Does he ever take that next step as a quarterback for the Titans? And do the coaches... Um, let him because I think that they understand how great Derrick Henry is and how much of a dominating factor to each game he plays he is. But it's, again, not sustainable for 17 of them when you can't throw the ball at a 360 yards a game for those games that you need. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're not going to see Tannehill throw for that 400-yard game. You're not going to see him do that. Um, You'll see him hand the ball off 40 times and then make the throws he needs to and make the first downs and plays he needs to. We've seen that, but you can't always win that way. You have to mix it up. And going back to how we'll wrap this thing up, before we do, though, um, getting back to the Colts, though, with Jonathan Taylor being able to mix up that pass and that that pass and that Mm -hmm. run. And I was watching Good Morning Football. Shout out to Michael Robinson. He was saying for the Colts the other day, he was actually saying for the Colts to uh, have a good year and bounce back, um, they need to focus on 250, 150 per game. 
250 passing yards, 150 rushing yards per game. And that has to be the number, minimum. So I, I agree. I agree. You need to be able to have the balance, and you also have to be able to do it consistently. Um, the Titans don't necessarily have that balance. And then losing a guy like A.J. Brown, who's their biggest passing game threat, and replacing him with a rookie, it's alarming. And this is why they're frauds. Now we go into who wins the division. Final argument of the night. Uh, we'll get out of your ears. Yeah, word. I got the Colts, obviously. Um, going and I hate when I do this, bro. But I I kind of fast forwarded it before we do that. I know it's obvious I got the Colts, so yeah, I didn't ruin yeah, yeah, yeah. technically. Uh-huh. But the Titans' schedule. You know, a couple key things that I wanted to point out here was their their big games. I think one is going to be week two, Buffalo Bills on the road. Hey, Last year, they beat the Buffalo Bills on the road. Mm-hmm. And that game was, it came down to the wire, and we remember how it ended. It was, it was crazy. Shout out to Tennessee, though, for going on the road in the freezing cold and winning. And obviously, that Buffalo Bills team went to the AFC Championship, had a great run, and almost beat the Chiefs. Game of the year, SB winner. Yeah, best game ever, yeah. They're going to get their first crack at an elite team in this league, just like we do in week three. They get it a little earlier in week two on the road. We get ours, Kansas City, at home. So that's going to be key to see how they match up and how they're looking versus the top of the top cream of the crop, you know, where your mom's at. (laughs) And then I look at... The Colts games. Just as the Colts, I looked at the Titans games. Of course. They got to look at the Colts games. And just like we said, it's week four and week seven. Wow. So you got the first one at home in week four. Yeah. But in week seven, it's going to be right then and there. And week seven is the week after your bye week. So you got a bye week to prepare for these Colts. Mm. That's another another caveat. That's a caveat. Right? They they have to win one to win the division, and they want to win two of those games versus the Colts to solidify that. Then I look at week 12. I mean, if fucking the NFL didn't give you a fucking run it back right here, one o'clock game at home, Cincinnati Bengals. Atta boy. Do you, come on. Like, you can't disappoint the crowd. The crowd will be very upset with you guys if by week 12 you haven't figured out how to beat the Bengals after that divisional they loss. Play the, they play the Patriots this year? They do They do not play the Patriots okay. this year. They do, They do. in fact, play the Chiefs, though. Oh, God. In Kansas City. Again. That and was, that's a hard, that was be a such a heartbreak for last Sunday year. Sunday night, week nine. Prime. So, with all that being said, I'll just jump back into it. I do think the Colts win the division. Um, I do think that we – the key there is that I believe the Colts win both games versus Tennessee. The fact that they're early is more beneficial for us in the sense that we can hopefully get things rocking and rolling and just just go from there. Um, When it's week 16, week 15, and both teams are desperate, both teams really need that win versus each other. Shit could get ugly. Shit could get out of hand. Shit could, it could go either way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you just understand coming into this game, we could be the better team today. We need to win this game. 
yeah, 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 it's a little easier to to, to stomach. So, and to manage, yeah. Um, that's my pick. I'm not sure who you think wins the AFC South. Um, I I hate to be cliche, but I think it's the Colts too. I think Matty Ryan comes through and uh, and really makes a statement. You know, I think that he knows he, he doesn't have <laughs> many more years left. I think he can go probably another two, three years. Right. Might finish. I right. might finish off in, in, in Indianapolis. You yeah. know, so. I, I would believe and hope so. When you say cliche, it's not because I said it. It's because Michael yeah. Irvin, Ryan Clark and Stephen A. is all, as well. Right. They, they said that because right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sitting in front of a Colts fan. But, right, right, right. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I think I think that. Matt Ryan is going to be the biggest. He's he's. I think his redemption story is going to be the biggest. One of the one of the biggest untold stories, or, or not untold, but unlooked at kind of like narratives in the league this year. For sure. Okay, we'll make some noise once we once we make that noise though. Everybody gonna be looking. Put it like that. Now, boy. before we get out of here, shout outs. I'm not sure if you had any, um, but I do. I wanted to shout out to uh, JJ Watt. I'm not sure if you saw, but. There was a woman on Twitter who was, she sent a tweet out and she put a, a pair of shoes and a pair, a, a pair of Under Armour shoes and a pair of, and a J.J. Watt jersey for sale. She said, you know, lowest, uh, I, it was a cheap price, like 50 yeah. bucks, something like that. Like she was letting it go. And she said, she that, like, she was going through some stuff or she like, she said that we need, I, I have to sell this because um, my grandmother passed away. Oh, fuck, dude. Car. Damn. So prayers to her and her family, first and foremost. And then a guy like J.J. Watt, you can't get her enough credit for this, but he was he saw the tweet, retweeted it. He said, don't throw away the shoes or the jersey. We'll help with the funeral. I'm wow. sorry to hear that. Sorry for your loss. Damn. So nah, shout out to J.J. You know Watt. what I'm saying? Like it, It's crazy that something like that could make you feel like good, but in the same token, life is life. You know, a grandmother was lost, unfortunately, and – there's an NFL star willing to to help you know the family to not have to put them in such a financial stress. No, absolutely. So that's a blessing. Um, yo, shout to Killian Mbappe. Mm. Three straight years in the FIFA cover. It's mm. like, like what? Like that's Ronaldo ain't even do that, right? You feel me, bro? Three straight years in the FIFA cover. Shout out to the Frenchman, Killian Mbappe. That's all. And soccer's around the corner too, but you know we'll get into that later. <laughs> NFC South. Next week, thank you guys for listening. ATSPod.com coming soon. Follow us on Twitter at ATSPod, on Instagram at ATSPodOfficial. We out.